Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt here, sitting across from Braden. Thanks for joining us, and we're excited to dive in today with a new episode on how to tackle pornography in a church setting and a church culture. And this is something... That is so crucial. Man, this is important. And we're going to talk a lot today to pastors, but we're not just talking to pastors. If you're a person who's not a pastor, you just go to the church. This applies to you as well. And, you know, I'm I'm the son of a pastor. I'm the grandson of a pastor. I'm a nephew of a pastor. I'm a son-in-law of a pastor. I mean, there, there's pastors in my pastors. family. Yeah. And I love pastors. I was never one of those kids that didn't like being a PK, being a pastor's kid. I always was just so proud of my dad. I'm still proud of my dad in the way that he leads his church. And and then I married a girl who, you know, her dad and her grandpa have been in the ministry. Her other grandparents been in the ministry. So lots and lots and lots of pastors in my family. And I love the ministry. I think that pastors have the highest call. I honestly do. I think I know there's evangelists. There's people like us that are parachurch ministries. I think to lead a church and to be the shepherd of a flock is literally probably the highest call because you're leading the bride of Christ. You're strengthening, you're purifying, you're um, working with so many different people. You got different things. Your attention is widespread, different things going on that you got to manage and people sharing their opinions and didn't like your message or they loved your message and you should do this and you should do that. And so our heart here is not at all to say, hey, pastors, you're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Our heart is that we are in this game and dealing with pornography, dealing this, with this epidemic of sexual immorality. And we see 
maybe more so than what pastors see. Um, as far as the destruction that it causes, we now we know that a lot of pastors are seeing it too. Um, people are coming to them and they're saying, hey, I got this addiction. My husband's addicted. I don't know what to do. And a lot of you guys, a lot of pastors are like, well, I don't really know what to do either. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might have some advice, but there's people that are really in the thick of it, that we've developed programs. There's counselors, there's ministries that are devoted to this thing. And so our heart is to equip you and say, this is why it's so vital, so important to address pornography in the church and then give some ideas on how to do that, how to go about that effectively. Um, and so we hope that this is going to be helpful. And, and if you're not a pastor, we don't want you to be mad at your pastor if he's not addressing porn. Right. Your pastor has a lot on his plate. He's doing his best. And he is not there to do everything in the church. He is there to equip the people. And maybe the Lord is saying to you, hey, I want you to start something in the church. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that too. So thanks for joining us. We hope that this is going to be informative and we're excited to dive in. One of the things that I'll say too, as Matt has said, you know, he's a family of pastors um, and I, I have a pastoral heart too. I went to Bible school to be a pastor. I love pastors and I have that heart as well too. And the job is not an easy thing. The call is not an easy thing. We, we feel like we have to wear so many different hats to help people and we zero in on those different areas that we feel God's leading us in and that's important. The thing that we want to build here though in this particular podcast is a little bit of an awareness here. <laughs> um, I think we all understand that there's a problem here with porn. But I don't think we understand how an acute of a problem it is. It really is a serious issue. And that's why we're doing this podcast. But uh, the U.S. Army, they use a ranking system for alertness in their military. Um, it's called DEFCON. So DEFCON 5 is the least ready that the military needs to be um, based on whatever threats out there. And then there's DEFCON 1, which is the highest. We're going to say with full confidence right now that we're at DEFCON 1. 100%. We, we need to be an understanding of the alertness of the threat that we're, we're facing with porn and the, the effects of porn on our lives. Um, I come from a marriage background in ministry, and we see the effects that this is having on marriages. Even years ago, a study was done. We're talking early 2000s that it found that divorce lawyers were actually reporting that about 60% to 70% of marriage breakdown at that point was based on some sort of relationship to pornography. This is at the time when there was still dial-up internet. Yeah, there was no high speed back then. (laughs) That's right. Um, So can you imagine what it's like now? And if we don't talk about this, if we don't build awareness about this, if we don't have a game plan for action to help somebody who's struggling with porn, or even to know how to help ourselves, we're just gonna be spinning our wheels here. And we're not going to really see any traction in regards to healing and health in this area. So that's why it's just important that we have the conversation right now. And really our hearts, like I said, I have a pastoral heart, Matt has a pastoral heart. Really what we want to do here is let's together take a step towards knowing what to do here. Someone comes through our church doors, how do we help them? I mean, we have great programming. We have lots of programming, right? And a lot of things that people can tie into, but there's very little really, for, for dealing with porn. I think, Matt, you said one of the stats was only 7% of churches really have any kind of active uh, steps for people struggling with pornography, right? 7% of churches have porn programs. Two-thirds of men watch porn at least once a month. Think about the that gap there. Yeah. 7% of churches address it. Yeah. Two-thirds of Christian men in the church yeah. struggle with porn at least once a month. There's a huge gap there. There is. Wives of those husbands are crushed oh. by their by their husband's addictions, oh. whether they know it or not. 
That's because so a lot of wives are like, why is he distant? Why doesn't he want to have sex with me? Why doesn't he want to, you know, treat me, prioritize me? Little do they know behind closed doors, he's just so full of shame, mm-hmm. guilt, hiding, secrets, affairs, pornography. And as pastors, man, we got to deal with this stuff. In Ezekiel 34, there's instructions. The Lord is talking to shepherds and he says, this is what the Lord says. Woe to shepherds of Israel who take care of only yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? And then it says, you have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. Now, this is the scary thing with pornography is that we'll preach messages on worship. We'll preach messages on prayer. Meanwhile, the guy is sitting there in the pew and he's going, how could I worship when I'm so full of shame and guilt and beating myself up over what I did last night? I can't relate with this. How could I go and spread the good news of the gospel that sets people free when I'm bound up? Mm -hmm. And as shepherds of the flock, we need to strengthen the weak. We need to heal the sick. We need to bound up. We need to bind up the injured. And I always say that if, if a sheep is in your flock and they hurt their hind leg, they have this huge gash on their hind leg, they're bleeding, they're limping, um, they're in pain. Does a good shepherd just go keep feeding them green grass and yeah. you know feeding them stuff and giving them water to drink, mm-hmm. hoping that the gash and the injury on the hind leg gets healed? Yeah. No, we go back there, we bandage it, we give them shots, we give them medication to directly heal what's hurting in their in their body to directly deal with the injury mm-hmm. with pornography in the church two-thirds of men watch porn once a month there's a lot more than that yeah. that watch it two three four times a week yeah. that are with prostitutes that are with um, other women not their wives That's there's right. single people who are sleeping around there's people that don't watch porn but they're masturbating all the time yeah. and we have sheep that have injuries and on their hind legs and we keep telling them just worship just pray go and do outreach yeah. it's never going to happen there was a man that came to me at an event where I had a booth set up and he was looking around and, and at all the other booths and he looked at our programs with Restored and he pointed to them. He said, this is 90% of the problem in the church. Now, I'm not saying it's 90%. I'm saying this is what the guy said, <laughs> um, but it's a big problem. And then he looked around and he said, there's all these booths here, ministry to Israel, ministry to Jews. There's all these booths trying to get people to do outreach. Right. He said, if we don't deal with pornography, none of this other stuff matters. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting to me because literally two hours later, this wife came up to me. She said, I got to talk to you. I said, why? She said, well, my husband and four boys, they're all hooked on porn. It's yeah. destroying our family. Yeah. And I said, why are you here? She said, because my husband and I have a ministry. We have a booth set up over there. Mm -hmm. We have an overseas ministry that my husband feels called to, but he is sexually and spiritually manipulated me my whole marriage. And so there's this sexual dysfunction and trauma in their marriage. And she just says, I feel obligated to be with my husband in ministry. I don't even want to be married to him. And as a church, as a pastor, we would look at this couple and be like, they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah. They have a ministry in Africa. They go overseas three times a year yeah. and we praise them. Meanwhile, we have no idea the lack of fruit in their life from their ministry, the lack of joy and contentment and peace at home. Man, pastors, leaders, I'm calling on you. I'm begging you. Start preaching on this stuff. Start addressing it if you're not yeah. in your church. And I had a pastor tell me, well, I know that there's another church just couple blocks away that they talk about sex but it's not really in my personality (laughs) and and sadly enough there's a man in that guy's church who right now reached out and they're maybe going through a divorce because of pornography and it's just so sad and so it says in in this chapter in Ezekiel 34 that 
And woe to the shepherds who take care of their own of themselves, who look at themselves. And so I take that and I go, well, if you're just concerned about comfort and doing things that you're comfortable with and not saying words like pornography or masturbation that everybody's struggling with, most people at least, because you're not comfortable, I see that as kind of the Lord saying, you're taking care of your own comfort. Mm-hmm. And we need to get outside of ourselves and die to ourselves and look for other people and realize like this is a massive problem in our world. And right. there's people right in front of us every single Sunday who are begging and crying out for help. Yeah. And one of the things that I think that we would we would just want to share with you, anybody here's a ministry leader, pastor, is this isn't an indictment on you. This isn't to make you feel bad because I believe me, I, I most a lot of my friends are pastors. I have that heart too. There's a million things out there screaming at you saying you need to focus on this, focus yeah. on this. We get it. We understand that. I think the real heart of this is oh, you don't have to be an expert, but at least make a step to understanding a little bit about this so that you can help people or at least put them on a path to healing. And I mean, there's great programs out there for sure, but a lot of the times... We, this is a blind spot for us, right? We, we just think that maybe this will be taken care of by another ministry that maybe there's a little bit of an overlap there, but it just doesn't fully deal with this. And that you know might help to a degree, but really, I mean, uh, I, I feel like with porn, it's, if you think of it in an aspect of like weeding, if you have weeds in your yard and you only deal with you know maybe 50% of that root, it's going to keep growing back, right? right? Like you, you deal with a certain amount of it, but if 50% of that roots left, you're, you're just spinning your wheels. Right. And I think that's the thing with porn. It, it is a deep rooted tick in our lives. And, and we have to understand how, how evasive this is, how dangerous it is to us. And, and part of understanding too, is this isn't just something for your men's pastor. This isn't something for your men's group. This is our problem. I mean, we need to deal with parents on this level to, to educate them how to help their children. We need to be able to understand, too, that this is a women's issue. The fastest growing group, subsection of people using porn are women. Do we understand that? Do we, we you know, is that something that we, we have an, a concept of? Because the majority of stuff that is just a men's issue, it's not true. This is our issue. And dealing it with it in marriages as well, we see the trauma. The women are dealing with this, too. And if it's a 50-50 thing in marriage. You're both suffering, whether one of you is an addict or not, and the other one isn't. You're both suffering. So how do we help that? And, and again, our heart in this isn't to make you feel bad about yourselves, pastors, but let's build some awareness. Let's, let's give people a step to take so that they can get some healing here. So what does that look like for you? You know, like, do we need to educate ourselves to understand some of these things? That's probably a good step for sure. But plugging into what's out there right now, there's great ministries out there. Um, Matt's included, that are doing amazing stuff in this avenue. And what if that could be something that we do? Just take that first step of let's partner with somebody. Let's partner with somebody that's doing this, that's working at it, and um, and that we can plug people into. And then they can come back and, and work in our church to help people, right? Like we can replicate people to help. So like let's just start thinking about some of these things instead of just assuming that other things will take care of this issue. It's not going to work, right? It's yeah. We're finding it's not working. So yeah. let's, let's think that way. Exactly, yeah. And pastors, like, here's the thing. If the Lord has called you to be a pastor, he's equipped you to deal with this stuff. He's equipped you. He's going to teach you. He's going to give you the light. And so I think the more you study it, the more you look at Scripture and go, how can I deal with this? And we read Matthew 5 where Jesus is talking about lust, and we don't just read over it, but we go, okay, this is an issue right now. Now, I, I don't really know a lot about pornography, but how can I address this? And you spend you know, 10 hours a week, whatever it is on average, um, prepping sermons, 
Now let's spend half of that maybe and study pornography um, and the effects in the culture and then spend the other half looking at lust and pornography in the, in the Bible. Create a sermon from that. And it's so funny that there's a pastor that said to me, you know, this is such a big issue. Good for you for doing this. We just can't talk about it from the pulpit. And I just thought, why? Like, what's stopping you? Right. Jesus talked about it. Mm-hmm. Did Jesus ever say that you shouldn't talk about it publicly? Mm-hmm. When he talks about it in Matthew 5, he talks about different things. He talks about, like, you know, there's the Beatitudes, there's oaths, um, there's different things that he talks about, and he talks about lust. And there's not brackets around that section about lust. And he doesn't say, like, when you talk about this, just whisper, right? (laughs) Only say this privately. He talked about it just like he talked about anything else. And actually, the word that he used was pornea, which is where pornography comes from. And that, when he talks about lust, that's what he used. And so um, he does have a standard of lust, but... Braddon always says this. He says, we don't want to just talk about, hey, if you've got a lust problem, because lust is a gener- is a generic thing. Mm-hmm. And we see in the story of Achan when Joshua 7, where Achan had to confess his sin and he got specific to every detail of what he had done and, and the sin that he had been um, committing. And so as a pastor from the, from the stage, you want to talk about it confidently, not with any awkwardness, not with any shame, and just make it an environment and, a, and create a culture in your church where people are like, oh, this is talked about here. I'm not the only one. I feel like I can talk to my pastor. I feel like I can talk to different people. The pastor's pointing me to different ministries or programs. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. I'm getting equipped. And, you know, I'm so encouraged. I'm always so excited when pastors do talk about it. Um, and I think most when they talk about it have done a really good job that I've seen, but I've also seen a couple where I just kind of laugh and, and I understand why they do it, but they spend five minutes at the start of their sermon going, you know, guys, we're going to talk about pornography today. And I know it's awkward. And I know this isn't what anybody was hoping to hear about when you came. And one guy I heard preaching, he said, I've been really nervous all week preparing to talk about pornography in front of people. Guys, that does not create a warm environment. That does not create a confident environment right. where somebody listening goes, oh, th- I can talk about this. I can be open about this. Mm-hmm. That creates an environment where it's like, if my pastor is awkward talking about this, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not talking about it. I'm not going to him because he's awkward talking, not specifically to anybody. Can you imagine if it was one-on-one in, in his office with him and me, mm-hmm. and he's that awkward? Like, I'm not going to open up. Yeah. And so you want to talk confidently, just like Jesus did, where he talked about it just like he talked about anything else. And so you just intro, you just say that this is what we're talking about today. You go into it. Um, and I think vulnerability is a really key thing. And just realize that when people see others being willing to talk about the things that are supposedly awkward and the things that are supposedly taboo and we shouldn't talk about, people get really encouraged. And, you know, one objection that pastors have shared is that, well, this isn't for everybody. I would just say this. Does everybody live in a hypersexualized world? 100% of people mm-hmm. do, right? And Unless I you live in the mountains by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was a, there's a couple that I know who are in their late 70s and their church last year did a four-week series. They brought in a ministry to do a four-week series talking about sex and pornography. And this senior couple, they came to my wife and I and they said, you'll never guess what they're talking about at our church. Mm-hmm. And they were pumped. Now, this couple has never dealt with porn in their marriage and never had mm-hmm. affairs, nothing, no sexual immorality. 
But they were so pumped to see that their church was taking a stand and being a leader mm -hmm. because the world is talking about this stuff and we all know it and we don't want to let the world take charge because it's just going to be so distorted as it already is. And so if we can have healthy sexuality talked about and promoted in our mm -hmm. churches, it's just going to be so, so powerful to see the impact. And when you do it, guys, if you've never, if you're a pastor, if you've never talked about this, I promise you. The very first time you talk about this, make the sermon about pornography, not just mention it in passing, oh. um, <laughs> but make the sermon about it. I promise you, you're, you're going to get more emails that week <laughs> than, <laughs> any, than any other week. And so clear your schedule because people are going to be like, thank you. I've struggled with this. Yeah. I've never told anybody this. You open the door and people that you would never guess are struggling with the things that they're struggling with are going to start realizing like I can be open. They're going to experience freedom. And so we just encourage you. you got to get on it and god is equipping you to do it mm -hmm. and the main thing that kind of we're talking about here is, is just come up with some steps a plan for yourself we need to have some understanding about the steps that, that a person needs to take to get healing and to be able to help them on that journey to, to lead them in that way and one of the things that we typically do is we're very reactive right like i know in marriage ministry the, the thing i see often is that we know how to deal with crisis couples because, you know, they're, they're, that's a huge issue that you see in the moment. So you, you want to help in that moment. But often we think we don't think beyond that in the sense, well, they got to that point. They had time before they got here. So what about all the time that that dead space there that we never dealt with um, before? You know, so maybe we can be proactive before they get to that really bad point. Mm -hmm. We can do the same thing with something like pornography, right? If you build awareness and you, you do create steps for someone who's at crisis, but if you're talking about this, you're going to create more of a dialogue, more of a normalcy that it's okay to talk about this, that it's okay to come to my parents to talk about porn because my parents understand how to, how to deal with that. Um, or we have people in place, leaders in our church that people can uh, come to because they've insulated their own lives and got healing and they know how to help others. You know, it, I think unawareness and confusion and misinformation just breed people that are more confused and they're not going to be able to move past that. If we just talk about pornography one time in passing, but we don't give the people something to deal with, how to, they can deal with it, what is that, right? right. Like it, it, I, I just feel like you're not offering them any real help. They have to figure it out for themselves. Now, as I say that too, if you're listening and you're not a pastor, it is not on you to put the blame on your, your leaders and your pastors for your addiction and why you're struggling because the church hasn't addressed it. That's not what we're saying. Mm -hmm. You own your faith. Mm -hmm. You need to take ownership for your choices. And part of this is you need to learn how to, to learn about this too and insulate your own life and, and get on a plan to healing and health. You have to do that for yourself. You can't rely on anyone else but yourself in the sense of taking those action steps. Of course, we partner with God in that, but what I mean by it is up to you to make those choices. No one is going to do it for you. So this isn't about putting the blame on a pastor. That's not it at all, okay? It's really on, you know, we need to make those choices ourselves. For Matt and I, we had to make active choices in our own lives to get help. You know, we didn't rely on anybody else to do that for us. Mm -hmm. We have to do that our own. We're saying that to you. I well. mean, I did rely on other people, but it never worked. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And what we're saying, you need community. It doesn't mean you're a lone wolf in this. But what we're saying is you, you're, you're the, the first actor in this, right? You have to take the first step. Yeah. And um, so that's on you, Okay. And, and for us as, you know, for pastors, let's, let's help. What if we gave somebody that first step, yeah. right? Wouldn't that be cool? Like we don't, like I said, we, you don't have to be an expert or a sex addict expert or, you know, whatever else. But maybe if we just, if you have a, a plan and a path for somebody, 
you know, and you have maybe, maybe somebody has gone through that and you have a, now you have a leader in your church or whatever else. Wouldn't that be great? You know, you talk about porn and you're like, and here we have something for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. How cool would that be? So simple, but wouldn't that be amazing? And people would take, have an opportunity to take a step. And so that's what we mean by proactive, you know, instead of having someone come into your office and saying, Hey, my marriage is falling apart. I'm addicted to porn. That's really difficult to help somebody at that point. But what if you gave them a proactive step five years before they got there? Right. Yeah. That would be pretty neat. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing too is you don't have to figure this out on your own. If you're a pastor in a small church, or even if you're in a big church, there are, like I said, great ministries like, you know, Matt and Restored plug into what he's doing because he has thought this stuff through, prayed it through. He deals with this day in and day out. And not that he has to come in and be your porn expert, but what about if we partnered with some of these ministries that are doing things and then your people go to that and then they can come back and turn around and help others? How cool would that be? Yeah, it's super powerful because like we say, I mean, you've got so much going on in the church. Um as a pastor, as someone who's not a pastor, you might just not know what to do. You want to make a difference. Um, porn's in your life. It's It has been in your life in the past. Maybe it's never been in your life, but you see the need. And so you want to make a difference. And so what do you do? And with Restore, we've always been a little hesitant to push small group settings without having leaders developed first. And the reason is because we've seen support groups where uh, every, this is just one example, there was a small group where um, all of the guys talked about their porn problems, except none of them were free. All of them had problems, right? And so this group, I know some, some most small groups are, you know, four months or three months, whatever. This group was really cool, actually. It was 13 years. They had just continued on meeting wow. together. Wow. But in that 13 years, every single guy was still hooked on porn. They never got free. Oh, wow. wow. It's wild. They're all married. And so that's a real problem where people are like, okay, I know that this is an issue. I should address it, but you don't know the way out, right? Like you don't know the way out of an addiction. And so you can't lead people. And so to have uh, leaders developed is just such a crucial thing. And there was a pastor of a church who was inviting us in to do a program at his church. And what he said was, he said, I don't want to keep inviting you in. <laughs> he said, I want you to work with us for a year and develop people in our church to be leaders. And then a year, two years from now, we don't need to call on you anymore because these leaders are developed. They can use your stuff, but they're developed, right? And so I think that that's a really key thing where we're not saying like we want Restored Ministries to come in and be part of your church you know uh, every single week and right. right like we want you to equip people because that's the job of, of the shepherd is to equip the sheep or the pastor to equip the people to be leaders and and so as people that aren't pastors go to your go to your pastor say what can i do how can i you know develop uh leadership in my life how can i learn about this stuff go to ministry say i want to develop programs in my church but i want to learn about this stuff first how can i do that mm -hmm. and so we've got a program it's the pure freedom journey and it's it's just so cool the testimonies and the experiences that people are having in there but also just the revelation that people are having and i i mean maybe i'll share one where a guy um just said like i've been to so many different programs i've never seen anything like this i can definitely see people getting free from this 
Um, another guy said, like, I can't believe I get to be part of this. This is mm-hmm. blowing my mind. What you guys say is this is primarily about identity in Christ. But I've heard that concept before, and I never knew how to practically apply that to my life regarding pornography. Uh, and so there's just so many um, incredible testimonies. I mean, you get on the program, you might see more. But um, but what we do is when people donate a couple hundred bucks to the ministry, we open up spots for free where someone can have a year-long um, membership in our program. And it's about developing leaders. And so I always say in there is, and guys probably get tired of me saying it, is that this is not about getting free from porn. It's about learning who you are in Christ and having that be the foundation to live free, but get healthy and make an impact. And so in terms of getting people free from porn, our whole vision and long-term goal with people is to develop leadership in them so that they can then go out and they can use the programs that we're developing um, put them in churches, lead groups from a place of experience where they've been trained and developed. And now they can use that and they can go impact other people rather than just saying, like I did at the start of my ministry, I want to make a difference. God called me to this. I'm going to start a group and like zero fruit, <laughs> right? And so now we're actually seeing people get free from this stuff. And so we want to develop leaders. So definitely it's a pure freedom journey at restoredministries.ca. If you're a pastor, I would 100% recommend sending your people to that. Um, people can donate donate and sponsor spots in there as well. 200 bucks gets a spot for people who literally it saves marriages and saves families. And there's people who have been suicidal and it's just super cool. You can subscribe to the newsletter as well, restoredministries.ca. And if you're a pastor, I mean, just you, you get a newsletter once a month, you can read it to see what's going on, see new programs, new events that are coming. Plug into the podcast that we do. This comes out every single week. Subscribe. Um, just get educated to learn this stuff. And now we're also doing more online stuff as well. And mm-hmm with webinar series and all that. And so just plug in. And that's why it's so important to get informed to know what's going on so you can utilize these programs and send people, but also host events and host conferences and programs at your churches as well. Um, and then the last thing that I'll say in just in terms of an idea and then turn it over to Braden again is, is I think that youth nights are extremely powerful. Not only do I think, I know because we've done them. I mean, it's incredible. And with youth, we really just share God's design for sex and for pornography. And this is another point is that God's design for sex. I think all of us say it's beautiful. <laughs> I think everybody yeah, says, yeah, right. God made it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's, it symbolizes and confirms a covenant, right? God made a covenant with us. Now we get to make a covenant with a man and a wife. And so sex is beautiful. And that's the thing that we're not going to talk about in church. <laughs> I don't think that that really yeah. makes sense yeah. in God's view. Yeah. And so we got to talk about this, you guys. And so when we do youth nights, just share God's design for sex. We talk about pornography. But what we found really powerful is to, to have youth in one room and have parents in another room and have two different events going on at the same time where then they can go home and they can talk about it as a family or do youth one week and parents, you know, the next week or two weeks later. And you open up that conversation for them so that they can be equipped and they know what to do. And now they're not the one awkwardly bringing it up. They both know that the other has learned about it. And so they can start the conversation in their home that way. And that's a really, really powerful way to address it as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing here is that as we start to move in these areas and you do things like this, you break shame because a lot of shame surrounds porn. Even the word to say pornography, it's whispered in hallways. Masturbation is whispered behind closed doors. But if you start talking about this thing, you're going to see shame break. And as you move more and more in these areas, you're going to see that because silence, that feeds in the shame. That's right. And misinformation feeds in the shame. Not talking about it feeds into shame. So 
we need to break that. And part of that is let's let's make a plan. Let's make a plan at the least develop leaders. I think that's a key thing. Let's develop the leaders that can start to take this stuff, um, moving it forward. And so that's what we want to say. And but more, more than anything, we, we love all of you in the sense that we believe in you and what you're doing. Oh, yeah. We, we are so thankful for all of our pastors. We're thankful for the, the ministry that you're involved in, the way that you lead the church, the way that you listen to God, the way that you um, are, are loving on your people. You know, everything that you do, we, we are so thankful for. And we're here to walk with you and partner with you in what you're doing and to help you and serve you in that, in that aspect. So as Matt brings this up, this isn't a plug to, to help him or even family life or what I do. This is really to come alongside you and to serve you as a, as the church. You know, that really is our heart to help serve you guys in what you're doing because that's where the people are attending. That's what where the brunt of the work really is done. So we, we just appreciate you and we just we say this all in love. We, we really believe in what you're doing. And, and so continue to plug into the stuff that Matt mentioned and in the podcast. And we really thank you for listening. And we, um, we just, if you want to reach out to us and, and email us, if you have questions or even for your own life, you want to talk to us, please do. We are here to serve you and, and walk with you in this journey. So bless you. And uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.